You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Pacers fans, welcome in to a Thursday edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, and we can finally be happy about a road win against a quality Memphis Grizzlies team. However, we have, would not be fair to say a quality Grizzlies team because their starting star point guard, Mike Conley, missed the game due to an Achilles injury. They're being precautionary and holding him out because they have a ton of time off before their next game, which was absolutely huge for the Pacers because the difference between Mike Conley and Mario Chalmers is huge. But... And regardless, the Pacers were able to pull off a 116-113 win in this game. Uh, it seems like, like in many of their games, they flew out in the first half. They had 67 points at halftime. The Grizzlies only had 53. It looked like they were going to really dominate the game. And then they just completely crumbled in the fourth quarter. They lost the fourth quarter by 10 points and were only able to win the game by three. The Grizzlies had a Marcus prayer three with four seconds left chance to tie it. But it did not fall. Thankfully, the Pacers were able to hold on and win the game. Uh, some interesting thoughts from this game. There, there are quite a few. First of all, is that Marcus Saul is just a complete baller. Marcus Saul had 35 points and 13 rebounds. He shot 12 of 24 from the field, three of seven from deep, eight of nine from the free throw line, and those 13 rebounds are really a testament to what he was able to do to literally anyone on the Pacers. The rebounding battle ended up being 43 for the Grizzlies versus 36 for the Pacers. So the fact that the Pacers won a game, they lost the rebounding battle, really shows kind of what Gasol was able to do just because the the Grizzlies I think missed more shots than the Pacers today so the fact that he was able to get so many rebounds and be such a force both on the inside and out shows how effective he really was uh, on the whole court he was able to to shut down Miles Turner and to some capacity when they played together Turner only took eight shots Gasol was kind of in his head but Turner started off really well in the first half he was really not afraid to shoot that that mid-ranger in the long two that he's become so so versed at and he had 32 points and he had or excuse me, 32 points. He had 32 minutes, uh, 10 points, 5 rebounds. He was a plus 3, so Turner's really starting to come back into a groove. He had a nasty clutch block on Brendan Wright. Uh, I don't remember what the score of the game was. The Grizzlies were were flying back. I think they were down 5 or 3, and Brendan Wright had a really nice open layup, chance to cut it to, to, to an even smaller deficit, and Miles Turner got his hand up and and, and stuffed him with under two minutes to go, and, and Brendan Wright thought he was going to get a dunk, so he held on the rim, and it made Tyreek Evans miss his layup. It was really a great sequence, all thanks to Turner, whose rim protection was really better in this game than it's been in a while. I don't mean that in, like, he was blocking a lot of shots, even though he did have three blocks, but mostly that it was just harder for guys that weren't named Marcus Gasol to score around the basket. I don't think anyone was really scoring around the basket well for the Grizzlies. Uh, they had a, you know, outside of Gasol, their offense was uh, was pretty stagnant. They had a rough go of it. Dylan Brooks started off the second half with two tough buckets after being fouled, but other than that, he was pretty ineffective. Mario Chalmers only was able to score eight points. Jermichael Green only had eight points, and James Ennis only had two. I don't know if you're keeping track, but outside of Marcus Saul, their start, the rest of their starters only combined for 29 points. Their bench was really effective, though. Chandler Parsons had 13 points on 5 of 7 shooting. Uh, they didn't have an answer like they usually don't for these wings off the bench. And with between Tyreek Evans, Chandler Parsons, and Ben McLemore, the guys I just mentioned, uh, they the Grizzlies have a lot of them. And Lance really couldn't shut him down. He got a double tech at one point in a little scuffle. Uh, Lance shot 4 of 6 tonight. He was finally looking a little better. But uh, I think getting into the X's and O's might be a little more important than just breaking down the box score, obviously. 
Uh, Darren Collison was able to do whatever he wanted, and that's largely because of the way the Pacers were playing this game with Conley out. It involved a lot of early action things. And like I've talked about before, early action really favors the way Collison plays because, one, it lets him get more assists because guys shoot off of his first pass on the early action. So whoever catches the ball first on a screen action just shoots, whether it's Bojan in the corner for a three or Thad or Miles on a pick and pop or Sabonis on a pick and roll. Them shooting on that first action means Collison's going to get a lot of assists. And he ended up with eight, and he was a plus 12. He was the best player on the team. So a lot of actions involving Collison, uh, either being the primary creator or scorer, were happening for the Pacers. And they were really working. uh, I should say first he was 12 of 12 from the line. So it's not like he was amazing from the field. He only made eight shots in the whole game. But uh, they they were really working to, to get him involved and creating and they, they liked to set some screens to get him going downhill. They had one play where they, they had Thad and Miles Turner screen for him at the same time at the top of the key, and he could pick which screen he wanted to go down. And he ended up going right off of a uh, Thaddeus Young screen, and it led to a wide open, I mean wide open three in the corner for Lance. But the pass just was bad, and, and Lance had to scramble to grab it, and they had to throw an extra pass. They ended up scoring on the possession, but not in the way you want. But, uh, yeah, they... Darren Collison's game was really the the key factor, and I can talk a little more about it and the rest of the Pacers-Memphis game after this short break. All right, and we are back to review the rest of the things this game that I haven't really touched on. Thaddeus Young had one of his rougher games of the season on offense, but he had a really nice defensive game. He was only 2 of 8 shooting for 5 points by far his lowest, and he missed a very clutch free throw after a kind of ticky-tack foul that he didn't really deserve. But Jermichael Green only had eight points. Thad Young did a nice job of keeping him away from the paint. Thad Young's help defense was a lot better in this game, too. The Grizzlies didn't get a ton of open looks from him crashing in too hard, and that's kind of because Jermichael Green stays spread out, so it was okay for Thad to... Or, excuse me, because Jermichael Green stays in the mid-range, so it was okay for Thad to stay a little closer to him. But regardless, a better game from him on defense and a worse game from him on offense. So not quite a perfect balance, but still pretty good. Uh, Bojan Bogdanovic was not tasked with guarding a necessarily strong player. He was on James Ennis a lot of the time he was in, but he did an okay job on defense as well. James Ennis only had two points, and Bojan was getting free on a lot of actions on offense. They ran two pin downs to get him threes in the corner as well as a hammer, some hammer action, and I know that there was a flare screen that got him a wide open wing three on a rotation, and he was four of six on threes. He had 16 points. I love these games where Bojan's in his threes because it opens up so many things for other for other guys when he's hitting it makes the floor stretched out and guys have to guard him farther away from the basket just makes things easier for everyone so it was really good to see Boyan hitting his shots from everywhere uh Oladipo like I said earlier 21 points 8 of 10 he was a minus 2 which was interesting that he was a negative uh but he played in a lot of those weird funky bench lineups with Corey Joseph and Lance who are also both negative so that's a lot of the reasons to do with that uh Corey Joseph just mentioned 10 points Four assists. Classic Corey Joseph game being a really, really good defender off the bench. Uh, he struggled a bit on offense, like I just explained, but he did a better job on Ben McLemore than anyone else. He did a better job on a much bigger than him, Tyreek Evans, and he did a great job on Mario Chalmers when he was in the game. And Wayne Selden was completely ineffective, only two points in 14 minutes. So another good defensive game from Corey Joseph. Uh, I'd really like to see how they're going to handle bigs like Marcus Saul going forward. So bigs that can shoot are really going to be the problem for this Pacers team because between Miles Turner and Sabonis and TJ Leaf, I guess, but he only played three minutes, so there's no point of talking about TJ Leaf too much in this one. Uh, No one can really defend in space for the bigs, 
So guys like Gasol, who are, are really talented at stretching out the floor and playing an inside-outside game, they can pump fake, they can pass, they can put it on the floor and get to the rim. Really take advantage of Indiana's bigs on defense by doing just that. You know, they, they either bury the three when they're open or finally a closeout comes and they fake and they put it on the floor and they get to the rim. And he, Gasol had five assists because when he would get to the rim, the defense would crash and he'd pass. And it's just things like that that are going to be things that McMillan's going to have to figure out what to do. You know, does he does he switch? Does he put Thad on him? Thad's a little better defending on the perimeter. So that's something to look out for going forward. Uh, that not Maybe not this week with Drummond and Whiteside coming up, but just going forward with these stretchier centers, how uh, Nate McMillan decides to guard them will be very interesting. Uh, something else I'd like to see McMillan do a little more of is uh, get set – run some more plays to get Miles Turner the ball, either in the post or just these these longer twos that he seems to be bearing, even though I don't want him taking long twos. You know, he, he, he doesn't get the ball in shooting situations very often, and I'd like more plays like that. So pick and pops or throwing it into him in the short corner and letting him create for someone else, even if that means the shot's not for him. It just keeps him involved and keeps him active, and that's when he's the best. And the last thing I'd like McMillan to do is keep the pace up because in the first half when they were keeping the pace up, that's when Carlson was able to be so effective because they were shooting so really in the shot clock. The first actions were really, excuse me, were really working, and it led to Carlson having a great game and creating for others and getting to the line quite a bit. You know, Chalmers, Chalmers and Selden and uh, you know all the point guards from Memphis couldn't handle him. So if McMillan can uh, can make a few tweaks, this could be a really nice baseline game. You know, getting a road win against a tough Western Conference team like the Grizzlies is a huge confidence boost for this team, especially heading home against a Pistons team that they'll really want to beat after they beat him last time. I want to talk about Sabonis a little to close this out, just because there's been so much talk about him and possibly jumping into the starting lineup. Uh, first of all, my thoughts on that are, I mean, I I wouldn't bench Turner, obviously, so you'd be benching Thad. And I don't know that, like I just talked about, because those two guys can't defend in space at all, I don't think it would help. I think that it would make the defense worse and make, make the defense significantly worse and make the offense marginally better which I think overall is not as good. And I don't think Thad Young's enough of a creator to be the primary guy off the bench for that to work. But I do think I think the idea makes sense just from an offensive standpoint. But with defense included, I wouldn't go for it. I do think you could play Sabonis and Turner some together. They did that today, and it actually worked really, really nicely at the end of the first quarter. So maybe seeing a little more of that would be something McMillan goes for. But Sabonis, another nice game, 60% shooting on his way to 13 points. He had six rebounds. Four assists, but he also had his five fouls like he always does. So that's uh, he's going to have to keep those down. He could not handle Gasol or Brendan Wright at all. He kept fouling, and he always reacts when he fouls, but it's always a foul, so I don't know why he reacts. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't I don't want to see Sabonis starting at all. I don't think that that's, that's the right move. I do like his minutes with Turner, though, again, if it's against more of a reserve unit. But when other teams can really stretch those guys out, they're not as effective together. And Thaddeus Young's defending in space. While it's not good, it's better enough that it makes the marginal differences between the lineups uh, big enough that Thaddeus Young should stay in the starting lineup. Now, if you were to talk Thaddeus Young and DeMontis Sabonis, I don't think that makes any sense. Turner can't create his own offense. He's really a, a product of the guys around him, and he's really good at doing things in that uh, in that capacity. So he should be playing with the best possible players. And I, I bet, I haven't looked this up, but I'll, I'll talk about it at some point, I bet his net rating is the best when he plays with Carlson or Oladipo or someone like that who is really good at setting him up and getting him in shooting situations. Uh, another last thing about Sabonis is uh, his screens are so effective. He does that Marcin Gortat, Gortat thing where he uh, keeps his, 
his elbows wider than his body when he's screening. It makes it that much harder to get around him, and it creates space for other guys. And when other guys have to fight through his screens, it often makes a switch happen, and that's how he gets open on those rolls to the rim. So, yeah, good game from Sabonis. Good game from the team overall. Nice to get a road win. Uh, we hope you guys enjoy. Oh, I'm recording this on Wednesday, so don't forget to check out Draft and use the code LOPACERS at checkout. But uh, also, we hope you enjoyed this game. We'll have a Pistons preview coming out for you tomorrow. Um, that should be a very fun one. I'm excited to see how McMillan adjusts to a team that has already beaten them this season. But, yeah, it's exciting to see the team uh, getting close to 500. They can get there with a win over Detroit. So should be a good one. Uh, remember, you can follow me on Twitter at TEastMBA. You can follow Adam on Twitter at FriedmanAdam5. You can follow this podcast at, at LockedOnPacers. I think we're going to start doing some live tweeting during games on the account. Uh, just to get some fan engagement going along, and I'd like to start shouting out fans of, who listen on the podcast. So be on the lookout for things like that. We'll promote it on the Twitter so you can see what's going on. But thanks for listening, guys. Have a great Thursday. Glad the Pacers were able to get a good win. Thanks for listening. And, yeah, see you later.